Good morning, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Morning Glory Sessions. So today I'm going to talk about the big elephant in the room that no one seems to be addressing recently because of COVID, mental health. Now, this is something that I have a lot of experience with personally and um, tends to affect me sometimes and, and sometimes it feels great. But the reality is suicide is one of the biggest killers of men in Northern Ireland. And it's one of the most, one of the biggest preventable causes of death in Northern Ireland. But no one's talking about it anymore. COVID has taken over. COVID has meant that, especially given the government, a get out of jail free card for all other illnesses. Where our focus so much is like preventing the spread of COVID that no one's willing to actually look at the the effects that are going to start taking place on people's mental health. Forget about the cancers. Forget about the treatable diseases. I'm talking about an actual illness that can be prevented quite easily through 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 something that's being denied interaction this listen this is where i'll get very uh higgly piggly because it's affected me so badly you know where i think about the amount of times that i've nearly left my children because my mental health was so bad that suicide was the only way out and only for the intervention of friends timely intervention of friends each time in fact gail my my fiance, without her, and funny enough, my an ex girlfriend of mine, I wouldn't be here today. September two thousand nineteen, I was minutes away from killing myself, minutes literally, and only my ex girlfriend happened to call Gail, and Gail happened to call around and stop me in my tracks from doing something stupid. But COVID has exasperated this mental health issue, and no one's really focusing on it because, like I said, COVID has taken the attention away from all other illnesses. And this is where it's getting dangerous. This is where we're, we're putting a lot of lives at risk. If the goal of everything that's happening is to prevent death, then we are really doing a shit job because people are dying from other things apart from COVID. And that's a reality. I know people are going to get triggered and offended by this. And how dare I say this? Doesn't mean I'm belittling COVID. I, personally, I'm not as big a believer as ever. a lot of people. I won't get vaccinated and all that balls. But... I do believe that we're about to hit a shitstorm of mental health problems, especially in this country, and especially with men. Listen, the word health, I like to use the word health as opposed to fitness in my training because fitness is only one aspect of health, and fitness can help your health and staying fit and getting, getting extra regular exercise can increase your mental health capacity to be in a better place. But we need to focus on the actual reality, the mental health issues people are suffering today. Jobs. As, as a man, I'm going to talk about my experience personally from my own, my own um, viewpoint. As a man, my job, this is what I believe, I don't care if you don't believe it or not, my job is to provide and protect. They're the, they're the two main things. If you, look at, if you look at evolution from the beginning, Men's jobs were to provide for the family, go out and hunt the food and protect. When the when the wild animals come in, they attack the, the clan, they got their spears, they put their life in the line, they kill the mountain lions, whatever it was. That's our job. That is, that is That's for men, for millennials, that's been our identity. That identity has been removed, especially in 2020. We can no longer provide for our family and we can no longer protect our family. This invisible virus, it could affect any of us. That makes men feel weak because that is removing our ability to do our jobs. We, we, we go out and we take, a lot of men take pride in their work and take pride in what they're doing because that 
that work they're putting in, it gives them a sense of belonging. I am doing something for my children. I am doing something for my wife. I am doing something for my family. The last year, that's been removed. Now, there's lots and lots of men who have sacrificed so much to build a business. Sweat, blood and tears. I've been there. This gym, Primal, nearly cost me my life. The pressure I put myself to build it. And the reason I put it there, put myself under so much pressure was because I want to provide my family a good job. Now, it wasn't healthy what happened to me, but it is a reality that we put ourselves under pressure because it's, it's our identity. And now that our identity has been removed, we, we, men, a lot of men don't know where they fit in anymore. We can't provide for a family. We can't protect their family. We feel lost. We, we genuinely feel lost. And then when you when you become reliant on the government to provide you for the money, well, then you become sort of a slave in your mind. Well, this is my opinion, right? And I know from talking to a lot of men that this is a similar um, opinion shared by a lot of men like myself. And we feel that our abilities to provide for family is being slowly removed, eroded, and that is destroying our own self-worth. And when it comes to mental health, self-worth is crucial. We need to know that, we, that we've got a purpose. And you remove that purpose, you remove that, you remove that ability to, to, do, to do what a man does. And the, 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 whole, the whole society where this diluting down of masculinity and toxic masculinity, we're being, we're being made feel bad for being men. And now the next one is like curfews at, eight, at 6 p.m because people are crying out for that because men are a danger to society. This this whole demonization of being a man and this eroding of what a man should be is having a serious effect on mental health of males. And we need to address this. This is something that could be addressed quite easily. Now, we need, we've also got to add on top of all this shit, interaction. As a human, as a species, as, hum, as human species, sorry, we need um, to gather, we need to we need to congregate and speak to people and interact. That is how we evolved. We know without without this coming together of tribes, we would not have survived. We would not have got to the point where we are today. And for it suddenly to be removed, coupled with all the stress that's chronic stress is being put on, then you add on the the Facebook fighting and the argument and the the disagreeing of opinions and what should happen. This is piling more and more stress and more and more pressure onto on everyone, but especially men, because it's our job to protect them. It's in the back of our mind, in, the, in that crocodile reptilian brain of ours. We need to feel our self-worth by providing and protecting for our family. And I'm going to keep coming back to that because that is the problem. We are not able to do our job or what we deem as our job. And because of that, it's, it's affecting a lot of men. I know a lot of my friends right now are going through some really, really tough times. For some reason, this hasn't affected me as badly. I, I get in the moments, but I haven't, for some reason, I haven't been affected the way I usually would be affected. I was, I was expecting more from myself, to be honest, to be affected more, but it hasn't happened. But how do we combat this? this is the, I'm not here to give answers. I'm here to ask questions. It be addressed. The, the reality is funding has been diverted away from mental health issues and the ability to get help from mental health is now becoming harder and harder and harder as the focus goes on COVID. On top of that, when, when, when we suffer mental health, we, we tend to turn to escapism. 
a lot of a lot of people tend to turn to escapism, and that could be through drink, through drugs, whatever. And that's another topic that we need to go and focus on because this this current climate we're in is laying the foundation for addictions tomorrow. There are going to be men sitting in the house drinking themselves and they're fucking oblivion because they don't have their identity anymore. There are men going to be taking cocaine, taking fucking weed, taking maybe even taking heroin. They're going towards that direction because they feel lost. And that when you feel lost, you're looking for something to replace that feeling. You, you want to feel better about yourself. A lot of addiction is just about stopping the pain. It's about giving yourself that moment where you don't have to worry about the current situation. And it gives you that escape. And that escape becomes a necessity for you to cope with life. And unfortunately, just because you're coping, you think you're coping, it, it, it isn't helping your children, it isn't helping your family. And this cycle continues. And we're about to enter this absolute shitstorm of pain and suffering in the next year or two. And I fear the amount of people that are going to kill themselves in the coming months and years because of what's happening today. And the, the fact that we're being silenced about talking about this and, and being able to have proper conversations is one of the biggest problems. And it's something that us as a society, we can start focusing on and trying to correct. Regardless of what your opinion of COVID is, you have to acknowledge that the lockdowns and the, the, the strategies being implemented by the governments are not helping a lot, a, a large swath of society cope. You know this, the the um the removal of family, the, the, you're, you're being demonized for going to see your parents, being demonized for meeting up with friends, and being touted on by neighbors. This whole this whole culture we've got, it's it's a toxic toxic environment, and it's dangerous to allow it to continue. The the I can't remember. I think it was 84 percent. I was looking at the stats. 2019, I think there was it was 74% of suicides were male. That's a frightening statistic. We are one of the big, I think we actually might be the highest level of suicide in the whole of Europe. So we are sitting here on a fucking volcano with a plug in it and it's about to explode. And unless we start acknowledging this and start trying to do things to help people in pain, to help people in this situation, it's going to dwarf COVID. We, we, we've been distracted. COVID has distracted us from this fucking elephant in the room. And I'm more concerned about the number of people who are going to die from suicide than from COVID. COVID's a virus. It, it, we, we're powerless to stop that. We, as, 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 a, as a person, like personally, I can't help anyone who's got COVID. You know, I'm not a dead medical doctor. I don't know, I don't know anything about it. But as a society, every single one of us can help other people who are suffering. And it takes us to be aware. I become very angry on Facebook. Facebook actually, social media is a nightmare. So it is it the, the potential of social media is fantastic. The reality is the algorithms have made it so um, controversial. So we're, we're, we're always at each other's throats because what we see is determined by what the algorithms want us to see. So our perception, our reality of life is not what's actually happening. It's what the algorithm... If I, if I go on and I type in, if I start saying anti-vaxxer or whatever, I'm going to just see anti-vax posts all the time that's going to reinforce my stance. And yet someone who's going to be a pro-vaxxer, they're going to see pro-vax all the time and they're just going to get 
they're going to have one point of view. I'm going to have another point of view. And we'll come at loggerheads. And this is what's happening in social media. This The algorithm has been designed to create the vision, to create to create an environment where we are staying on the on the on screen as much as possible because we are the commodity. We are not the customer. We are the commodity. That our time is what's being sold to advertising agencies. So the more they keep us engaged, the longer they keep us on screen, the more money they're going to get from revenue for advertising. And we've got to recognize this, but we don't because we're emotional beings. We just get sucked into this fight this that i need to get my point of view across and listen i am the worst in the world for it i get sucked in it all the time i get back a lot of times and come over for a couple of days and I go back on i get sucked back in and I come back off it again but for my mental health i do come off it occasionally because i do know i do start recognizing signals and triggers that when it's getting me annoyed and the reality is the arguments we're having they're, they're futile i don't know why we do them we all know this we all know everything we're saying on facebook isn't going to make a big deal. We're not. We're not like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of us are not fucking influencers. We're just. We're just discussing. We're just ranting on our Facebook page, and all it's doing is increasing our levels of anxiety, increasing our levels of annoyance and anger, and creating more division. And that division is leading to us feeling worse, which is putting us when we come off Facebook and we get where our real life is happening and we're not there pretending our perfect life on Facebook. We're suffering. All of us are suffering. And we need to start acknowledging this. The only reason the we're all arguing on Facebook is because we're all fearful. Everyone's fearful of something, you know, and this is what happens in the conflict. People are, so there's people who are fearing what the government told us and what the government narrative has conditioned us to believe about COVID. And there's people like myself who are fearing what we think is going to be happening with the government, the government's true agenda. Now, what one's right, I'm not here to debate. What I'm trying to point out is there's a conflict in society because of this. And it's the only one that's benefiting are the governments, are the, the elites, the plebs, us. We are not benefiting from these fights. In fact, it's taken away from our lives. And it's putting a lot of us in the positions of where we're challenged and our mental health is being challenged. Now, listen, one of the big proponents I've got about exercise, and I say exercise comes under the umbrella of health, is exercise does release dopamine. And the importance about exercise is it in this world of absolute fucking madness at the moment, it gives us a, a, a point or a position where we have the, bar, the power and ability to push our lives in a better direction, do something for us that's going to be intrinsically better for us. And it's that ability, and I say the word intrinsically because it's internal. Our mental health, how we think, how we perceive the world is what's going to determine how we feel about the world. And if we can if we can find ways to just give ourselves that wee bit of boost, that wee bit of a momentum to go forward, that we're talking about, always I always mention, it's gonna help us get out of that hole we're in. Now I've been there, right? And I've no pro I I talk about my mental health issues all the time because I think it's very important. And I think in we're, we're, men are very egotistical. We don't like to admit when we're down, it's it's wrong that you know, like we it's embarrassing. It's still embarrassing, Saturday to cry. Even though we get hear all these messages and we hear all the talk about you know it's okay to cry and it's okay to be you, and there still is a stigma attached to men crying, especially on camera. If there there, I can't think of many men who would openly cry and openly admit about how they're feeling on camera because they the fear of judgment. And the fact there's so many fucking asshole trolls out there who are already in pain themselves and just makes them feel better to, 
to put other people down, see other people in pain, and then to highlight that rather than actually look inside themselves. But there's the danger of social media. If we do something like that, we leave ourselves vulnerable. And vulnerable, you need to be vulnerable. We need to be willing to be vulnerable in order to move forward. But by, by doing so, you're putting yourself at risk. You know, you're putting yourself at risk of abuse, risk of laughter, risk of ridicule. And when you're in that sort of mental and emotional state, that's the last thing you need. What we need is love. Every single human being needs love. The, the first, when, we, when you come into this world, you the first thing God was love. You, you're put onto your mother's chest and there was a bond. And your parents, the vast majority of us, our parents are our rock, our anchor. And when we go out of this world, hopefully we're going to go out surrounded by loved ones. So love is the is the the catalyst for life. Do you know without love we wouldn't the Hitler done this, the Nazis done it in the concentration camps where they got twins and they get they separated two twins and one twin was just given the basics, the food, shelter, warmth. That was it. The other child was given food, shelter, warmth, and curing. Within three months, the ch- the twin that was left on its own had died because we we need these emotional bonds, and that stays with us throughout our entire lives. Our need to be to have a sense of belonging, to know we fit in somewhere, is crucial to our development. And what's happening today? We're being that's being removed. We're being criminalized for meeting our family. If we go see our parents, we're being told we're putting them at risk. We're told we're we're demons for putting their lives at risk, and we're being made feel guilty for this. So we've got this conflict in our minds. We want to be with our parents. We want to be with our friends and family. But we're being told by society that if we do so, we're the cruel ones, we're the nasty ones. And if you're a normal, healthy person, that should be like, oh, it's no problem. But what we're forgetting is there is a large portion of society suffering from mental health already. We live in a country where 40, for 40 years, we killed each other. We, we feared, like... I remember the Gibraltar, the Gibraltar killings. I'm sure all of us can. I can remember lying in bed that night, and where I lived is a wee maze. And I can remember going through my head: Would my dad be okay? Would the Would the UFF, the UVF, come in and try to shoot my dad? And I was terrified. I can't remember what age I was. It was I was young, but. When I think back, that's not normal. That shouldn't be normal. But if you grew up in our age and you're my age or older, that was normal part of society. I remember the shankle bomb and I remember I was going to walk, walk my then girlfriend home and mum and dad went, no, we'll give you his lift because the fear was so real that we didn't know when the next attack was going to happen. And that's what terrorism is. It's like creating, putting society under terror. But what we don't acknowledge is the trauma attached to all that. All these experiences are creating trauma and like really deep, deep held trauma that is going to affect our lives, going to affect how we think about things. It's going to affect our trust. Think about how long it took us to, and for and some parts of society is still not still not there, but how long it took the nationalists and the unionist sides to start trusting each other. Look at our government. Our government can't agree with each other. The, the, for, like we, we live in a society where conflict is normal and it's and mistrust and hatred. And like deception is just the norm. Now it's getting better, and people are our people are starting to realize. I think it was actually a drug scene of the nineties that might have brought people more together when started taking ease and they realized here you're from the Shankill and from the Falls, you're actually dead on. Because the reality is, Paddy from the Paddy from the Falls and Sammy from the Shankill, both plumbers, both got four kids, both have got mortgages, both have got car payments, both have got fears, both have got worries, both don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We've got more in common with each other than we do with the, those in the hill. But yet, the cultural divides keep us 
keep us like at loggerheads with each other. And that, that underlying mistrust is creating a mental health disaster. We know this. We can see the proof in, in the pudding. Like the, the fact that we've got the highest rate of suicide in, in Europe is it tells us all we need to know. We need to address these problems. How do we address them? I don't know. Because if you acknowledge that COVID restrictions have created this problem and you try to talk about it on Facebook, you're silenced. Because we can't, we're not allowed to have these conversations because it seems to be that there's a certain narrative can only be spoke about. It has to be pro-vaccine. It has to be pro-regulations for to, to prevent COVID happening. And we have to ignore the fact that people are dying of cancer. We have to ignore the fact that people are being made homeless. We have to ignore the fact that people are struggling with sexual abuse, physical abuse. We have to ignore the fact that that women are, like, and this has annoyed me as well because we're, we're talking about this 6 p.m. curfew for men to try to save, try to keep women safe. I don't know how, like, I think I read an article there, it was like, there's something like 290 women killed every year, but yet it's only now, it's only this one incident that has given a lot of focus. It does, something that doesn't add up maybe what's happening here. There seems to be an agenda, in my opinion, on this one. But the reality is, the majority of women attacked, murdered, abused, happens in the home. So we are locking people down, and we're keeping the, we're keeping people who have got mental health problems and are fearful and traumatized in house with the people who they they find easiest to abuse, the people who they know probably not going to the cops or not going to report them, the 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 women, the mothers, they're going to suffer. They're going to take that abuse and say nothing and try to protect our children. So we're actually creating a worse environment. This highlighting about women's health. Now, listen, I'm not trying to demoralize de 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 or say anything bad about it. Women do need protection. And, you know, men need to fucking catch a grip. But we also need to acknowledge that most abuse happens in the home. And it's mostly, it's going to be a case of traumatic events that happened in the past. It's led to them being the way they are today. You know, they've seen their fathers being abusive. They've experienced abuse themselves. Now they're becoming the abusers. And then we're locking these people into a house with vulnerable people, women and children, and then we're expecting nothing to happen. And then what? Then the men are the men aren't doing this because they're assholes. The men are doing this because they're traumatized. Now, don't get me wrong. There's assholes out there. I'm not trying to defend. I want to make that clear. I am not defending anyone who attacks a woman or attacks children. I don't give a shit who you are. You're a scumbag. But we have to acknowledge that a lot of these people are doing so because of their past, because of how they perceive the world, what, what their own personal experiences. And unless we start acknowledging this, we can't get the root of the problem. I, I don't know what to say. I, like I said, I'm not here about answers. I'm here to try to raise awareness and, and to get people talking about this because it needs to happen. We need to start talking about the fact that there are so many men suffering right now and it's not being acknowledged because we're so focused on COVID. As a, for a society to function, we need to start acknowledging this stuff. We need to start realizing that there are more, there are more deaths than just COVID, and that every death. If, we're, if this message about you know we must prevent deaths, even though we can't prevent deaths because we've been dying since the day one, then we need to uh, we need to acknowledge the other deaths that are happening. Since two thousand and twenty, that has not for the last twelve months that hasn't happened. For the last twelve months, everyone's fear and everyone's focus has been on COVID, COVID, COVID. There are people I'm reading daily reports of people dying of cancers through lack of treatment. I'm, I'm reading daily reports and daily articles on people killing themselves because of the effects of lockdown. These people's lives were just as important 
as the people who are having who are suffering from COVID and dying of COVID. And these people's lives could have been prevented as well. Or these people's death, sorry, could have been prevented as well. Had we been in a position where we can acknowledge this, where we where a lot of people fear we don't want to fear talking about mental health. We don't want to fear talking about cancer deaths. We need to acknowledge these are happening and we need to embrace it. That, as a society, we need to embrace a way of trying to fix it. I don't know what we're going to do, folks. I just see more and more of my friends going downhill. And listen, there are a lot of people out there who are going to be triggered. You know, there's, there'll be a lot of veterans out there. There'll be a lot of fucking abuse victims out there who will start suffering from PTSD because of the confinement, because of the disruption in their natural, in their normal lives. A lot of people could have could have coped normally and never been affected because life went on normally. But now we've been locked down. Now we've been deprived of our ability to communicate with each other and to socialise. These, tra these traumatic events are going to start coming up more and more and more. And the more we separate people, the more these events are likely to happen. I don't know. I'm, I'm genuinely worried. I'm worried for friends. I'm worried for, for people I know. I'm worried. I'm worried about what the future holds for a lot of society because we are not. We're not. We're 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 being we're being conditioned to ignore what's really happening. I know I'm repeating myself because it's it's like this is this is this is truly a worry for me. It's it's something that I'm very passionate about and something I'm very concerned for. The fact that the the entire society seems to not be willing to acknowledge that there there's more to life than just COVID. And that there's other factions or factors of society that need to be addressed and need to be dealt with if we want to push forward. How do we expect to cope as a society if all we're doing if all we're doing is hitting each other? Is we're we're stuck behind this computer screen all day, every day. We're, we're losing, slowly losing the ability to communicate face to face. And I can guarantee you one thing. I can guarantee all those nasty comments that you write on Facebook and slabbering. If you meet that person, person face to face, I guarantee most of us won't have a bold say of what they're saying. It's easy. It's easy when you're just you don't even know the person. You're like you're a dickhead. Fuck you, asshole. It's easy to write that. You're, you're, it's like someone in a car. You ever see when someone in a car cuts you off and they start beating your horn you, and you two are fighting? It's like those dogs who face the gate and then the gate opens and the dogs sort of back off. When you're protected, when you feel like you've got this bubble of protection around you. You have more balls, you can say it. It's face keyboard keyboard warriors. But it's 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 when you get face to face, we just you ask yourself, would I say it to that person? Be honest. If you wouldn't have the ball to say it to the person face to face, why would you write it on Facebook? Why why if that, that tells you if you're writing something nasty and I've done it myself and I've and I go and look at myself and I go, fuck that was just being a dick. I get that. I acknowledge it and uh I try to better. Don't always work, but at least I acknowledge and I try. I do. I'm aware of it. We need to accept that, that that when we write these things, it's usually a reflection of our own fears, our own thoughts, and uh, we're 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 venting to that other person because that person gives us an avenue to to vent to get it off our chest. But we're not. What we're not thinking of is words of power. Words words the the meaning someone and how you write something may not be how you articulate it. Uh, face to face, so the tonality because this is this I think this is a very crucial thing to understand when it comes to communication. The the, the words we say are only seven percent of the whole picture, like sixty four. I think it's something like sixty four percent of the communication we do is body language, and then twenty three of it is um tonality. Well, that's removed when you're on a keyboard, 
And when people don't use punctuations and people don't use expressions, uh, how to do it properly, well, then it can be interpreted wrong, even if you mean it in a nice, nice, calming way. How that person's feeling, personally, that person reading it, how they're per currently feeling as they read it, could have a massive influence on how they, how they take it in. And how they take it in could feel an attack on them, and then they attack you back, and then this, this war happens, which doesn't need to happen. But because we haven't got the ability to see each other face to face, this is this this computer screen, this phone screen is what we're communicating on, and it is affecting our ability to 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 uh, function as a society. It's something that needs to be addressed. We need to realize that we need we're social creatures. We need to communicate with people, but social media it doesn't seem to be the way we're doing it. It seems to be the way to divide society. And it seems to be the way that's going to create more death through suicide, more depression, more anxiety, because we're angry with ourselves. And I think maybe that's where it starts. Well, actually, not maybe, that is where it starts. It starts with ourselves. We have to acknowledge that we're all assholes. Every single one of us, we're all assholes. We've all got the ability to be a dickhead. We've all got the ability to kill someone. We've all got the ability to be a dickhead. We've all got the ability to be cruel. We've all got the ability to be kind. We've all got the ability to be loved. But you've got to think what society does. What does Facebook, what does social media um, push upon us? Division. It, it, it never pushes love. It doesn't push unity. It doesn't, it doesn't encourage gathering. It encourages separation. And a difference in the polarizing of opinions, not even difference, the polarizing of opinions. It takes the most extreme left-wing view. It takes the most right-wing, extreme right-wing view. And it pushes it onto our newsfeed. And it gets us riled up because we know we hate it. Look at the, the um, transgender issue at the moment. How many people are getting wound up with that? The reality is that's a very, very small percentage of society like that. But Facebook magnifies it to the point where we all believe this is what's happening. And the more and more it's shoved down our throats, the more and more it's pushed down us, the more we more and more we believe it. And the more and more we believe it, the more angry we get, the angry we get, the less rational we become, the less rational we become, the easier it is to fucking write words we regret. And when you write words you regret, you don't know what effect that's having on people. I know that personally because words words push me to try to kill myself when I was younger. As a schoolboy, the words that I was, the names I was called pushed me to the point where I tried to kill myself as a child. My parents were on suicide watch for years with me because of the bullying acts I took. And it was words. There was never any physical abuse. In fact, the physical abuse would have been better. It's why, I, but it's saying that, I, I don't want to seem all doom and gloom. Without that, without that experience, I would not be doing this today. It was those words that pushed me into to martial arts. And then martial arts led me to do an MMA. And then MMA led me to opening a gym. Opening a gym led me to coaching people. Coaching people led me to fucking realize that I had an ability to help others through my own personal experiences. It made me dive into the mindset and how the mind works a lot deeper. And get to, to get a grip of myself, to understand why it was that I was always suicidal. Why, why those suicidal thoughts came. And now I know my triggers. And that's taken me eight years of constant studying like every day you ask anyone who knows me i walk about with earphones in my, in my ears every day all day in the house cleaning house always reading mindset always listening to mindset books how to understand the emotions because understanding yourself getting deeper into yourself and, and acknowledging your own faults and trying to work on your own faults is the cure for the world if we can acknowledge what we're doing wrong ourselves 
and then we can fix it, then we can find a way that maybe helps someone else also do that. And two people fixed. And if they help two people, well, think of the numbers like bump, 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 that grows out. It's like a pain it forward. I always talk to guys, sometimes I accept that I am a bit um, abrupt in my, what I say. That's who I am. And I need to work on that as well. I acknowledge that. But it's also a reality that we live in a world that's sugarcoated. You know, people are fucking scared. People are triggered at everything now. We've, we've become a society where the truth, if it offends you, you can just go, oh, I'm so offended, and then get on Facebook and then tell people about this. And then these other triggered people who are in the same sort of emotional state as you are and not acknowledging it, it, it actually prevents you from acknowledging it because it makes you think that you are normal, that this is, that this is right, that how you think is right and that that person's wrong. If you honestly look at yourself, you'll realize that you're the dick. I've done it so many times. I've looked at myself and went, I'm a dick. But you have to. If you don't look at yourself and don't acknowledge that your actions, that you're t- that what you've done is, is, is maybe making other people feel how you feel, well, then you're missing the point. We're all assholes. We're all hurt. We're all dummies. We're all traumatized. We're all, we're all scared. We're all fearful of what the future is. And that's repressing love. And, and that that ability to admit that love is what's going to cure everything. And that if you, if you, can you imagine if you're a parent, can you imagine talking to your child the way you talk to people on Facebook? Can you imagine someone talking to your child the way they talk, the way you talk to people on Facebook? How would you react? That's, that's sort of my barometer now. It's like, would I talk? Would I tolerate someone talking to my child the way I'm about to talk to someone else? Sometimes I'll give in and just go, "Yeah, fucking, I'm angry," and I, but then I'll regret it, and I will, I'll admit I'll regret it. But if we could all do that, if we could all see every single person that offends us, every single person that's addicted to us, as a traumatized child, as a child who's just reaching out for help, we would see things in a different perspective. And when we see things from a different perspective, then we act differently, and we react differently. Sorry, and when we react differently it will change the outcome. Society isn't fucked yet. We've got we've got the ability, we've got the chance to change. It's just that we need to be easier on each other and we need to find a way to allow people to feel less vulnerable about coming out and speaking about how they're truly feeling. I know there's guys I know that are really suffering right now and there's, there's people that need help but... Their own, their own mind is not allowing them to open up. And I fear for what will happen in the next six months, 12, six to 12 months. We're going to look back on this time and realize that we fucked up big time. But it's not too late yet. We, COVID, yes, people are dying of COVID. People are also dying of cancer. People are also dying of heart disease, diabetes, mental health issues. We're all suffering in some way, shape, or form. And it's unfair of us to demonize people who are fearful of things other than COVID. I think um, I think we all need to be kinder to each other and just acknowledge that everyone's different. We're not we're we're seeing the world through a different lens. And people don't see the world, <laughs> not many people see the world the way I see it. Though, we, we're acting on fear. You know, when you're, if you've lost a loved one, or you've lost a friend to COVID, the chances are you're going to be more fearful of COVID. 
and the chances are you're going to get frustrated other people who aren't like myself who aren't fearing COVID and you can't understand that and I, I can't understand why you're not fearing COVID but what's not going to help us is us fighting with each other I'm getting sick so we're tired of fighting with everyone about it like like I said Sammy and Patty from the Falls and the Shankle we're all suffering the exact same but the, the powers that be the political parties whether it be local or governmental like in the UK wide world governments they're very good at manipulating us and they've got think tanks of really really intelligent psychologists and marketers who know how the human psyche works and knows how to get get our blood boiling our pricking our skin just to get us riled up and they're doing a great job they're putting that fear into us and unless we step up and we start realizing this and start start combating it through love I know it sounds mad, but if, if we can forgive those people who who don't have the same opinion for us, if I can meet someone who's a COVID, pure vacciner and just COVID's real and you've got to respect it, and I, could, I bet you if I sat down and the two of us are having a fight on Facebook, I can guarantee if we sat face to face, that conversation would be different. And with a different conversation comes a different outcome. And with different outcomes, this world could be a lot better. So I'll leave it there. It was a bit of a rant today because I'm, I'm fearing what's happening. I, 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 I know my friend. I know friends that are suffering deeply from mental health. And listen, if you are suffering, don't suffer in silence. I promise you, you're loved. I promise you, there are people out there who will help you, will want to help you. Like I have told so many friends, told all my members, told anyone. Just fucking reach out. I've ha actually had people who I don't know just reach out to me. And you know something? I've never ignored them because it, it's it's too big a thing. You know, this is something that could, that we can all do. We're part of against COVID, but we're not part of to help other people. We're not part of to change our attitudes. We're not part of to look in the mirror and, and acknowledge the things we don't like about ourselves and then start recognising how we cast them onto other people. Our own fears, our own judgments, our, what we don't like about ourselves, we tend to magnify and we tend to reflect on others. And I, one of the, one of the extra drills that I always done was like, I was asked to think of the members in my gym who done my head in. And I thought of them as like, well, why? And then I was asked, why do they do your head in? And the reason they done my head in is because they remind me, they, they reflect the things I don't like about myself back to me. So the problem wasn't with them. The problem was their, their actions were highlighting to me what I don't like about myself. And there it was easy for me to it was easy for me to say, I hate that bastard. But I didn't hate that bastard. I hated myself. And once you acknowledge that, then you can see the person in a different light and you can you, you can start moving forward. And that's what we all need to do. We all need to move forward and we all need to make a change. We all need to try to try to ensure that that we do our best. To make other people happy, because that's what that's what humanity is about. Human the human existence is about helping others. Well, you you all when you do something for someone without wanting something in return, I guarantee you feel better about it. I guarantee if you have the strength, you have the ability somehow to help someone else, whether it be monetary, whether it be through time, whether it be through advice, if you've got the ability to help someone who's in trouble, it makes you feel intrinsically better. Now, listen, is it selfish? Probably, probably because we're in some sort of way it is because we're, we're we do it in a way to make ourselves feel better, but that's because we don't love ourselves. So I suppose maybe one of the best ways we could do to help each other is love ourselves, be willing to accept our own faults, 
and flaws and be honest with ourselves what they are. Work work on them and then be forgiving the others and recognize that if you've got faults and you've got flaws, you're human. They're human. We're all dicks. We're all, we've all got the ability to be assholes. We've all got the ability to love. I'll leave it there. Have a good weekend, folks.